Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I'll be bringing in John Campbell uh, as we do every single Wednesday, Odd Shark, uh, Odds Expert. It's the NCAA tournament, John. And uh, what is, of all the games out there on the lineup, what is your favorite game on the board? Well, uh, San Diego State at plus four against Houston is probably my favorite, and I fell in love with this Aztecs team a little bit last week in the Mountain West Conference. They're playing their best basketball of the season right now and covered a bunch of games down the spread, I believe, eight of their last nine. They can move the ball around. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot, and, and I think they're going to win this one outright, so getting four points, I love them here against Houston. Uh, what about uh, 12 seeds? You know, the 12s against the fives is always a big topic as well. Um, what additional, and I, San Diego State may be a 12 seed, I can't even remember. Uh, what else is out there that you particularly love in those kind of underseeded teams that could pull off upsets? Well, uh, Penn is a 14.5-point underdog against Kansas and, and as a 16 seed, and this is actually the, the second smallest spread we've seen uh, for a 16 seed against a one here. So I think a lot of people are looking at that one and saying this could be the year, and, and I won't be shocked either if it is. I, I really like 10 plus 14 and a half, but uh, I think there's some potential there for the upset, and the, and the line says a lot about that one. And with 12 seeds here, yeah, I, I, you, you have to look at these because they're 19 and 21, 12 seeds straight up over the last 10 years here, almost 50%. And they cover at 64%. And I think all four matchups are kind of tricky here. There's something you can find that you can really like in all four of these 12 seeds again this year. 
Um, what about the, uh, the the 16 seed is, is really pretty fascinating. Um, you hear a lot over the years about what kind of strategies you should apply when it comes to filling out your brackets and gambling on March Madness. And by the way, I'm headed out to Vegas as soon as this show ends today. So I'll be out there on Thursday and Friday and Saturday as well, enjoying the Vegas uh, opportunity to bet on all these games there in Nevada. But what to you is a strategy that does make sense? Well, in terms of filling out your bracket, uh, the most important number that I've seen out there is that teams favored by six or more, they win the game outright 88% of the time. So uh, when you look at these higher spreads, I know people love to take upset, upsets, and when they're picking their bracket, they, they love to choose those Cinderella's. But the teams with the bigger point spreads, they don't lose that often. So that's an easy one for me. I take all the favorites in, in those spots there. Teams that are, are less than six-point favorites, they only win outright 54% of the time. So that's really where you're going to find your upsets. When you see those odds, would it actually make sense to play the money line then on a lot of these teams that are under you know under six point favorites, uh, under six point underdogs? Because fifty four percent of the time, if they uh, you know forty six percent of the time they're winning, that sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a great strategy as well. And and you have to win at 52.4% to break even when the line's minus 110. So you'd be in good shape just going the other way, looking at looking at those uh, those smaller point spreads. John, uh, future values. Villanova, when these brackets came out, became the favorite. I think that's a function of the fact that the bracket actually really favors Villanova. What else did you see that changed, if anything, when it came to future odds as soon as the brackets actually came out? Well, not really too much changed uh, Changed there. Michigan went up a little bit. That was a really hot pick. They were 10-1 to 1, uh, before the bracket came out after having a hot run in the Big Ten tournament. They went up to 16-1. to 1. Xavier went from 20 to 1 down to 16 to 1 as a one seed. We didn't see a whole ton of movement after that. The favorites are all sticking around the 5, 6, 7, 8 to 1 mark. One of the most fascinating parts of this bracket to me is the Midwest region. You mentioned that Kansas was only about a 14 point favorite over UPenn, uh, but there are actually two teams in their same region that are much more favorites, according to Vegas, to win the NCAA tournament than Kansas is. Duke as the two seed and Michigan State as the three seed. What are you seeing there? I mean, that's pretty prohibitive. I think the same thing is also happening in the Xavier region, if I'm not mistaken, where a lot of people believe that both North Carolina and Michigan are potentially more dangerous teams than the overall number one seed. Does that suggest that maybe the committee got it wrong in terms of Xavier as a one and Kansas as a one uh, in terms of winning their odds of winning the title this year? Yeah, I mean, I think the committee always gets it wrong, and uh, I think they do better to have odds makers as part of the process here. But that's part of the fun, and and you said in the West there are three teams favored uh, ahead of of Xavier here, UNC. Gonzaga's a really, really popular futures play overall as well at 20-1. to I know a lot of people that, that love Gonzaga there. Midwest, really interesting region. Duke's favored two to one. Kansas plus two seventy five. I like Michigan State to go to the Final Four uh, plus two seventy five there. So, so uh, I think they're being a little overlooked with the Big Ten the way the Big Ten went this year. But uh, two really tight regions. What other games do you like to play from an odds maker perspective? We're talking to John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. 
Um, I like uh, Rhode Island minus, minus two against Oklahoma. I, I, I think they're the better team. I don't think Oklahoma should have gotten in. Uh, I'm also looking at, at Big East teams. I think this was a great conference this year, and I think there's some good values out, big value out there. So I like Providence plus three and a half against A&M. I like Seton Hall minus two against NC State. I think a lot of these uh, mid-range teams in the, in the ACC are overvalued, and the ACC is typically the worst conference to bet on since 96. The ACC only covers at 45% in the tournament. Uh, very well said. Okay, who's your overall pick to win the title this year? I like Villanova. Uh, not a, a not the craziest pick, but I like them. I just love this team. They can play defensive. They're well coached. They've got experience. But I do have a couple real long shot futures that I took as well. I took San Diego State three hundred to one. I took Creighton three hundred fifty to one. I don't normally do that, but but I, I won't be shocked if one of these teams makes a deep run here. So I do have some money on on uh, some big underdogs here as well. Uh, bold for you. San Diego State is uh, a 11 seed, and Creighton is an 8 seed, and they'd be pulling off an upset, obviously, of Virginia probably in the second round. Uh, okay, let's talk Tiger Woods for a minute. The rating surge in golf in general. Tiger Woods, where is he now in the Masters, and what does it mean for the overall betting handle for Tiger Woods to be back? Well, he's, he's the second favorite now, which is just absolutely insane. He's 9-1. to one behind Justin, Dustin Johnson to win the Masters as the 149th ranked player in the world. So I, I've never seen anything like it where an athlete has this impact, this kind of impact on the odds. It's just crazy. And and books are loving it because their handle goes up. It'll probably go up somewhere between four and tenfold, I would say. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. They just love it. They can't – Betters can't get enough money in on Tiger. And I think sportsbooks love that spot. I think they'll love going head-to-head with Tiger, and, and uh, I think they like their chances there. And, and I think it'll be a profitable Masters in every tournament he plays in. He's the favorite now for Bay Hill this week at 6-1. to one. Outstanding stuff as always. John Campbell, go follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Thanks, Chris. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, are the Vikings going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, they have a chance. I think that now they're the favorite in the NFC. Uh, look at them, the Eagles, Falcons, and Saints is probably the four favorites uh, to win the NFC. I mean, Cousins is the last piece, right? They have all the weapons. They have Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and, and hopefully a healthy Dalvin Cook. Improved offensive line. Um, he's the game of the year. Look at that defense. It's the first time in Cousins' career they'll have this, you know, this type of defense with him. And and the De Filippo, the coordinator now for the Vikings, when he did in Philly with with molding and melding his offense to Wentz and then also to Foles in the, in the playoffs. So I think he'll put it together an offense that fits Cousins. Uh, he'll still be able to throw the ball deep, which he does well. He'll still be able to hit some quick passes, but they'll they'll make the offense his and, and, and minimize uh, the risk he has Because, look, he doesn't have to go out and score 32 points a game. He can score 28, 27, 24 points a game, knowing that his defense will hold opponents to um, to 20 points a game. When you look at the Vikings and, and in general, to me the biggest storyline is obviously the chance that they have to win the Super Bowl. But in a larger scale – for the NFL, Kirk Cousins and his representation played this situation with the two franchise tags in a row from the Redskins with their ability to hit total free agency at the peak of his career 
with their ability to potentially hit free agency again at the age of 32, which is still pretty young in the quarterback realm, given how the rules protect guys. And if he has three good years, Kirk Cousins is going to be in line for another big payday. Do you think this Cousins deal is going to be a game changer for the NFL, or do you think the situation itself is so rare that not very many players are going to be able to do what Kirk Cousins did? His agent is Mike McCartney of Priority Sports. He used to be one of my agents when I was uh, still playing and was with Priority. He's a, he's obviously, he worked this really well. You know, I, I think this is going to be just uh, something for quarterbacks. I mean, it, it all comes down to leverage, right? And the leverage he had was he's the best quarterback on the market. The Vikings weren't going to retain any of the three quarterbacks they had on roster last year. And then with um, with Drew Brees deciding to stay in New Orleans, which I think the Vikings probably at least called uh, Tom Collins and his agent and asked about him. Um, and with not wanting to draft one of these young quarterbacks, Cousins had all the leverage, and he's able to work out a, a guaranteed contract. And, you know, this is fascinating for a lot of reasons. One is it's the first time really a player has had this leverage and used it. Now he knows for three years he's in a city. Three years cannot be restructured, cannot be cut. Um, like you mentioned, he'll be a free agent at 32. But it's a little bit of a risk because he doesn't win uh, meaningful games. Really, he doesn't win a Super Bowl in Minnesota. You know, he'll – he, he's done getting the big contracts at 32. Now, he might go and be, you know, what, what Bradford's doing now, which is, you know, $20 million is a lot, but not the big quarterback contract that anyone else is getting, or even a Josh McCown getting $10 million a year to play for the Jets. Um, so there's a little bit of a risk, but I would take it for the guaranteed money that, that, that he's about to get. So I wish I could say that the rest of the NFL is going to be getting guaranteed money um, and get guaranteed contracts, but it's got to start with the quarterback. It finally happened. I was, you know, everyone was kind of hoping Russell Wilson would – would do this. He did not. Uh, now Cousins did it, and you know I hope it takes over. It'd be great. Uh, the new CBA was in three years, and hopefully some sort of language is written in there that allows players to to uh, have guaranteed money. What, what I, what I want to see done really, and this is a couple years out, is I, I'd love to see a penalty put in place for cutting players early. So you know if you have a four year deal and you cut after two, you get to recoup some of that money. Um, instead of it, it's unrealistic to say everyone get, everyone gets guaranteed contracts. Um, but I think there's, you know, some penalty can be put in place if you cut a player early. Why would guaranteed contracts not work in the NFL? Um, I think because of injuries. Uh, I think because they're always trying. The, the, the way scouts work is they're always trying to find your replacement. I don't know if it's the way in basketball or baseball, but they're always trying to find your replacement. And I think if you if you give guys guaranteed contracts, it kind of changes the balance of and the way things are and, and the way business is done in the NFL. Which I, as a player, what I would love. Um, but I think with the injury risk, no one's going no one's going to do it. Um, and also, you know, you have to weigh whether or not, as a player, you would take less money that's guaranteed over taking um, more money per year. You know, I'll, I'll give my example. So I got four years and $16.8 million from the Giants, and I think six of that was guaranteed. So basically, I had two years guaranteed, right? They guaranteed the first year and enough of the second year to where I'm not going to be cut. Um, but what if, you know, what if they offered me a three-year deal for $10 million guaranteed, right? So I know I'm there three years. I'm not getting the average per year that I would get, but I know I'm getting $10 million for three years. If I did my other contract, I would get over $12 million for the first three years. So it's one of those things where, like, do I take the guaranteed money? Do I, do I gamble on myself and take more money uh, at the back end? 
I think that that's what the the players would have to decide um, if they want to do a full guaranteed contract because you won't get as much. You just won't get as much. Richard Sherman negotiated his own contract, and it sounds like he negotiated an awful contract. Yes, uh, you have been involved in negotiations before. I think Richard Sherman is basically only guaranteed seven million dollars. If I if I'm right about this, uh, and it's only a one year guarantee. Now there are a lot of incentives if he played well, where he could make substantially more. What were your thoughts when you saw the terms of that deal come out? I actually think it's less than $7 million because if he's not healthy for training camp, if he starts on PUP, he loses the $2 million roster bonus the first day of training camp. So um, yeah. it's, actually worse, it's actually worse than that. Um, you know, what's interesting is the deals that I've done, I've done a big deal. I did one with the Giants, right? It's done over email. Like It's not like a five-hour sit-in-front-of-a-GM type of deal. I think people... You know, you see Jerry Maguire and, and any given Sunday, I think these contracts are done, like, yelling and screaming at each other, sitting at a table for many hours. Um, they are not done that way, at least in my experience. They're done over email and over text. Um, right. You know, of course, they they might call, but it's not only five hours. I was shocked when I saw five-hour negotiation. For what? Um, <laughs> and and um, also, you know, he bragged about about spending ten to twelve hours researching. My agent just did Mike Evans' deal, right? He just got fifty-five yes. million guaranteed. He spent five months working on that deal. So, <laughs> I, like, I, it, like you know, just kind of working with Tampa Bay and you know. And by the way, and people forth. are like, "Oh, he's saving so much money." What do agents get off your football contract? Two or three percent? So the standard when I came in NFL, the standard was three percent. I think that's moving more to about one and a half percent or one percent because guys are like, we're not paying you this money, especially rookies who have slotted deals. They're right. going to say, look, we'll we'll pay you one percent, and then maybe on the back end we'll give you two percent for your, you know, for the second deal. Um, and so, you know, I I think an agent is very valuable, and I understand why players don't want to do it. They want to have the empowerment, but look, an agent knows the business. An agent knows how how to negotiate. An agent knows. All the deals, you know, Sherman went to the first team that he, that he, you know, he had eight teams that wanted him. He went to the first one, negotiated a deal. And look, I understand the idea of betting on yourself. I've done it twice in my career, really. You know, Cousins bet on himself and it paid big. And Sherman's betting on himself. He's betting that he'll make the Pro Bowl and, and get a guaranteed contract. But if I was an agent and I'm being honest with my player, I would tell him, look, you're 30 years old coming off an Achilles injury. That's an unrealistic incentive. Uh, especially with with Marcus Peters and Talib now in your in your division, but also in the NFC with Patrick Peterson in your division in the NFC. There's only two Pro Bowl corner spots. Like you, you have to be one of the two best corners coming off an Achilles injury at 30 years old um, in a new system on a new team. Like that's it's unrealistic incentive. And if I if I was an agent and I was representing Sherman, I would have said that to him. And that's what he doesn't have. He doesn't have that buffer to where an agent can tell him, dude, we're not doing this. That's a bad deal. Um, but look, obviously, he could prove us all wrong, make the Pro Bowl, and, and earn all this money. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like a good deal. What do you think about my idea of drafting? If you're the Browns, you played in college, you know that every year they bring in two great quarterbacks a lot of times if you've got a good recruiting class and let them compete in college. Why not bring in multiple quarterbacks if you are the Browns out of this year's draft? You swung and missed since all the way back to Bernie Kosar. Why would that not work? Yeah, we talked about this last week. I think it'd be an interesting strategy. I'd much, I actually much prefer they, they do that to draft Barkley at all. I mean, I, I just I talked to about five or six of my of my ex teammates and, and two everyone everyone said you'd be crazy drafting running back at one. And and for those who who are wondering, oh, what are the Browns? John Dorsey, the new GM, had four first round draft picks in Kansas City, four out of five years. 
He drafted the four most important positions in the NFL. He drafted left tackle, corner, D-end, and quarterback. Okay? He's not drafting running back at one. Um, and I think, I, I think ideally he'd like to trade out of, of four um, and, or take a, you know, Chubb if he's there or Fitzpatrick. I don't know, know if Barkley will end up being that guy, but I'd much rather than take two quarterbacks um, have them sit behind Tyrod Taylor. The one thing I worry about when you take two quarterbacks, and you know, Hugh Jackson screwed up the quarterback rotation last year, is you know, to, to be successful, you need all the reps if you're a young quarterback. So if you have two quarterbacks, how do you decide who gets the reps? Um, do they split the reps all through training camp? Then they get half the reps they would normally get to get ready for the season. Like how do you, how, you know, does one guy get the one reps one day and then the next guy gets the one reps the next day and you guys switch off that way? Um, I, I, from a, from, I understand the idea of it, but from a practical application, I don't terribly like it. All right, good stuff. Jeff Schwartz will be in guest hosting next two days. NCAA Tournament Talk galore plus the NFL. It's Jeff Schwartz. Go follow him on Twitter. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We're joined now by Doug Gottlieb, that Gottlieb show. And I'm told he's on the side of the 405 with a flat tire. Is that true, Doug? This is true. I was, I'm driving to do the, the Dan Patrick show with Jason Smith after you're done. And um, it's a good little schlep from from where where I reside. Uh, and I was just cruising along in the carpool lane, um, and uh, there's something in the carpool lane. I ran over. It made a terrible sound, and I was like, "Oh, whatever that was. I hope it didn't damage my car." And then all of a sudden, the tire pressure gauge started to flare up. And then I noticed, uh, you know, you know the feeling when you get a flat tire. Oh, it's awful. So getting a flat tires, tires like getting punched in the balls. You think for a minute, hey, maybe I didn't get a flat tire. You know, like yeah. and then you're like, oh no, I got a flat tire. Yeah. So and then you know you're like, do I go hero ball and try and change this thing on my own? And then I'm watching these tires roll by at about 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, no, no, I do not. So yeah, I'm pulled over roadside assistance on the way, and uh, probably going to be Jason Smith solo for at least the first half hour or so before I can roll in. Oh wow, that's that's brutal. I mean, so you're just sitting right now on the side of the four or five. People can honk at him. What 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 mile marker are you? <laughs> Eight to thirty five, Avalon Carson. If you're if you're going to uh, where the Chargers play, uh, yes. this would be this would be one of the exits. Yeah. And what you have the uh, you're in the Tesla, right? I am in the Tesla. Yes, I am. Yeah, that so guy. If, you, if you see the Tesla near Carson, it's Doug Gottlieb. If you're driving right now on the 405, listening to us early in the morning on AM 570 Sports in LA, you can honk at him as you drive by and say uh, say hello to him because uh, he's on his way to go take over the Dan Patrick Show. This, this is, is this is this is a good test for how how much you resonate in LA, isn't it? Yes, it is a good test. I mean, I know the station is popular, uh, but obviously, oh, there. <laughs> uh, everybody can honk if they see Doug Gottlieb in the Tesla. We'll hear you on the radio as you drive by. Yeah, there we go. This is uh, this is pretty fantastic. So, if you see what at what mile marker are you at again? It's exit thirty five. It's Avalon exit. We don't do mile markers in California. All right, so exit thirty five, the Avalon exit. If you see his Tesla, you're driving by and you're listening to the show right now. You can honk, and we'll hear you in the background. Um, all right, so uh, as you break down the uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, yeah. notwithstanding the fact that your car just broke down uh, thanks to a flat tire on the side of the road there on the four hundred five, as you break down the NCAA tournament, are yeah. who who would you say is the best team in college basketball right now? Now that you've seen the bracket, because I think it can change, because you can look at it, for instance, and well, say, the, the problem is the problem is I really liked I liked Virginia's draw, and then, then we yesterday we found out DeAndre Hunter, who's 
probably the most talented in terms of NBA upside players to be out for the tournament with a broken wrist. Um, and by the way, we didn't find out that information until, you know, uh, was that Tuesday of the tournament? It's awfully when, convenient that they waited until the brackets were already out to announce. <laughs> I mean, that they he heard had an against injury, Clemson last week. Heard it against Clemson last week, and just now, like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, you know DeAndre Hunter not going to play. Did yes, we, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, if, if there's any confusion over it, like, yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I I don't think that eliminates them from contention, but it certainly hurts. There's, you know, you've always worried whether or not they could score enough if they were athletic enough, and this kid is athletic enough and can change them. But I, I, so I would take them off the – I would not – I wouldn't – you're going to Vegas after the show. I would not put a penny on them. So I default back to Villanova. Um, you know, the, the issue with Villanova is that unlike the team – this is a more talented team in terms of how many guys are probably playing the NBA and athletically they can get after you a little bit better um, than the one that won national championship two years ago. But keep in mind, Nova hasn't made it out of the first weekend – four out of the last five years. The only one time they went out the first weekend was when they won the national championship. They blew everybody's doors off, including Oklahoma by, there's a, there's somebody honked right there. That, <laughs> that just happened. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so I would probably default to Nova. Like, what's, what's missing is they don't really throw the ball inside like that national championship team did with Daniel Ochefu. But if I had to, if I was a betting man, you like, put everything you have, put it on Villanova. Like, Michigan State, I think, has as much talent as anybody. I just think they have like a front-loaded, old-school roster with too many big guys, and it's become such a guard-heavy game. See, you obviously have a lot of expertise on a lot of different teams. When I, I like to see how the bracket comes out and then look and say, okay, like every, ultimately the NCAA tournament, you got to win six games, right? But a big part of it is how many, how many games can you win where you don't necessarily have to play against great competition. And when I looked at the East bracket, I said, okay, I've watched Purdue play a decent amount. I know they're pretty good. But it's not like Purdue has had traditional lots of success in the NCAA tournament. Certainly, as the three seed, Texas Tech hasn't had any. Wichita State, eh, you know, I'm not necessarily buying into it. I think Villanova in the East has by far the easiest bracket compared to, say, Kansas, who drew... Duke as a two, Michigan State as a three, certainly compared to Virginia, who got an underseeded, I think, Arizona team, which looks like, you know, we know has a lot of talent, right? And then you got Kentucky, who's very talented. So their Sweet 16 team game is going to be tough. And then you got Cincinnati and and Tennessee on the backside there. And then Xavier, I don't even think, I'm not even sure they're the best team in the top three in their bracket. If I had to choose right now, I definitely like North Carolina and Michigan more than Xavier. So I look at the overall bracket at the top four seeds by and large, sometimes look at five and six. Is that a crazy way to look at the regions and think about how difficult it is to win your region to get to the Final Four? It's not, but you know, it's, what's really important to remember is if they're on the other side of your bracket, you're only going to play one of those teams, right? So like yes. you're Kansas, and, and, and this is not a – you bring up a great point about Kansas. I mean, really, you know, if anybody, Duke and Michigan State got screwed. I mean, Michigan State yes. is not a three seed. They're a, they're a one or a two. Um, so this, and Vegas, the by the way, Kansas, would, agree, would agree with you, you only on have that. To play one, they, you only have to play one of those teams. Yeah, you know, Duke is five Duke. to one, and Michigan State is six to one. They're two of the top four favorites right now to win the NCAA tournament, and they would theoretically have to play in the Elite Eight. Or, sorry, the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, I, I and they've, 
you know, so and and that's it's a fast that's it'd be a fascinating matchup again. You know, one of the interesting things about Michigan State is how many people are picking them to win, and you know, he's won one national title ever. They've been to one Final Four in the last seven years, and I I think they've only gotten to the finals that one time they won it. Maybe maybe got to two two finals. I think they only got to finals one time. Anyway, yeah, they beat the Gators so we, in two thousand, I think. Well, yeah, that's when they won the national title, but yeah. I don't think he's been to the finals. He's I think been to the final right. four, but but I think he loses in the semifinals. So we like kind of give him a pass, like, yeah, he's getting the final four. Like, yeah, but you always lose in the semifinals. Um, I think it's a good way to look at it. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, the Carolina one, I'm kind of not buying. Uh, this is this is a copy of a copy of a copy. What, what, the, the one interesting part of this season, which people should know, because no one knows any of these players, is that, uh, it really does speak to how good the best coaches are. Like, Kansas is okay. Talent-wise, compared to the previous years, um, not good not in comparison, you know. And yet, here they won the Big 12. Roy Williams, I mean, this is not nearly as talented a team as he had two years ago, let alone the one that won it last year. And, you know, his best player is a walk-on. And yet, here they are as a two-seed. And so I, I think one of the things it speaks to is that, you know, coaches can – raise their team's level in the regular season. But in the postseason, kind of becomes about dudes, right? And believe it or not, Xavier, who hasn't played their bat, I don't think they've played great basketball all year. They got a, they're got a really talented team. More more talented, I think, than, than North Carolina. Um, I would, you know, Purdue's an interesting one because, you know, they shoot it incredibly well. They're not crazy athletic at all, but they shoot it incredibly well. Hey, the tow truck guy is here. Um, ah, yeah. Well, I will let you go talk to the tow truck. Yeah, I was guy. just I was kind of filibustering there. I'm <laughs> I'm fascinated by you in Vegas. Oh wait, it's the cop. The cop. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I just got a flat tire in the cup boy. Oh, you got somebody coming for you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to stand right there and protect me from anybody? Anybody going too fast? I just I I don't know. I have like I know it's not. Should I pull all the way over here? I'm just, I'm on the rim right now, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said like 25 minutes. Yeah. Would you pull out, would you, if you were me, would you go way over there or something? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, that is Doug Gottlieb on the side of the 405 with the flat tire breaking down the NCAA tournament. He's near. You know, uh, you know, what, the, you know what the great thing is? This is the funny thing. Uh, Monday, I went in to do Colin's show. I got pulled over twice, and uh, pulled over twice on the same trip. Oh, that's not good. What, did you did you get yeah. tickets? Uh, one ticket, one. I did not get a ticket. Yeah, that that's tough. I mean, if you get the double tickets, I mean, I I uh, I'm of the opinion that you should just be able to pay extra, and the speed limit should be different. Like it, it's a tax. You know, you get, like, the Lexus Lane, everything else you drive, you pay as much as you want. Um, so you're still waiting there, by the way, on the side of the, the 405. A lot of you starting off your day in L.A. You can honk if you see Gottlieb in the... Uh, we've, had, we've had four honks, by the way, since yeah, you... Uh, yeah, in the, since you. in the Tesla. If you see him on the side of the road, he is near Carson uh, on the 405 in a Tesla with a uh, flat tire. Okay, so, so you want some... You want, you want some who, what upsets do you like? And I'll tell you if you're Yeah, great. yeah, I'm curious on that. Um, we talked with my guy John Campbell from Odd Shark in Hour 1, and he was kind of giving us the data. And the data is fascinating on this. I don't know if you know it. He said, if you are a uh, six-point or more favorite, 
you win basically 90% of the time over history in the NCAA tournament. If you are a six-point or less favorite, then you only win 54% of the time. He found that that was the line of demarcation. That, you know, if you're trying to pick upsets, going with really big upsets happens incredibly rare. But if you look at these lines, like around six points, and I saw one that I think would stun a lot of people, but Vegas is telling us would not be a huge upset. Kentucky is down to a five-point favorite in that 5-12 game against Davidson. You've probably watched both these teams play a decent amount. Should Kentucky fans be nervous? Yes, yes. Um you know, if you saw St. Bonaventure and you've seen this Davidson team beat St. Bonaventure, they lost to him, I think, in triple overtime up at, at, at St. Bonaventure, and then they, uh, they win that game, I think. And then they, they, they beat him, obviously. Uh, they just won the A-10 tournament. Um, you know, look, they have – and it's not just because it's Bob McKillop, who obviously coached Steph Curry, and they have a freshman named Kellen Grady, who people are like, oh, he's next Steph Curry. They shoot it very, very well, and um, – Look, they're a little bit more athletic than some of the Davidson teams the past couple of years. But the thing about this Kentucky team, and, and generally with 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 all younger teams, they don't shoot it very well. And they've they've been playing better as of late. But let's also like I saw them when they lost to to Texas A and M. You know, they just uh, they they they've improved recently, but they're so young and so erratic with their shooting. Outside of Kevin Knox, like. Who is the guy you can count on to shoot the basketball? Yeah, Gabriel they went just, seven for seven, but that's a yeah, bit I mean, an aberration. Yeah, but Wayne Gabriel is not going to go seven or seven again, seven for seven again in his life, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, like there's, I mean, it, that was that was as surprising to Wayne Gabriel as it was to the rest of us, right? So I don't, I didn't hate this team, but I don't love, I, I just don't love their skill level, and I don't love, you know, they 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 don't really have a true point guard. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of. That's what I have in my bracket. And, again, here's where I protect my bracket against the individual pick. Whoever wins that game is losing to Arizona, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm picking Davidson to win that game. What other upsets do you see and you think, you know what, it wouldn't stun me if I saw we saw an upset here? Um, wouldn't stun me to see South Dakota State beat Ohio State. Uh, Mike, South Dakota State has seen named Mike Dom, who's, I don't know, 6'9", and shoots it all the way to 22, 23 feet. A lot of people think he's an NBA player. And uh, Chris Holtman's kind of done smoke and mirrors and done an incredible job with a talented team. But uh, Ohio State's just okay, and uh, just okay talent-wise. And I could I could see South Dakota State beating them. Um, trying to think some of the other ones. What, what do you think? Yeah. So a one seed has famously never lost to a 16 seed. But Vegas, at least, is telling us the 14-point spread between Kentucky and UPenn is not that substantial. Usually a one seed is around 20-point favorite. This is a question. When did Penn Penn become UPenn? I think they've always been UPenn, haven't they? Well, they've always been the University of Pennsylvania, but people used to call them Penn. Now people call them UPenn. Was that a – like, I I say UPenn, I think – was that a was that a clear branding decision by them? Or, I don't know, is, but I've I've heard that my my mom and I were just talking about this. We're like, wait, when did when did Penn become U Penn? Because there's a kid in in Orange County where where we live where that was that was killed, and he was a student at Penn, and they're like, everybody says he's a student at U Penn. I was like, wait, what? Anyway, you know, Penn is Penn, right? There's Harvard, Columbia, Princeton, Penn. 
Cornell. Anyway, um, yeah, well, look, the thing with, with Kansas is, I mean, Kansas is overachieved. They don't have a deep bench. They didn't have, um, they didn't have Yudoka Azabuke, the starting center, in the, in the Big 12 tournament. Now, they still won the Big 12 tournament, but they're very three-point dependent. And if you go strictly based upon the numbers, Penn defends the three-point shot really, really well. So, um, yeah, like all that stuff makes sense. I just think it's hard for me to say a team that didn't win the Ivy League is going to beat, uh, is going to beat Kansas, who won the Big 12, won the Big 12 tournament, and appears to be peaking at the right moment. The issues with, with Kansas, yeah, yes, there are two three-point, there's like two guys peeping, by the way, Clay, is, yeah, that, uh, is that they only have one ball handler, they're really three-point dependent, and the way to expose them is that they don't actually have a power forward on their roster. And right now, if, if, I don't know if Yudoka uh, is going to play, and so that limits they have no size inside. I just, I kind of feel like that's a sucker bet. Maybe Vegas knows more than we know. Doug Gottlieb on the side of the 405 near Carson uh, in a Tesla with a flat tire. You can honk at him. All right, let's stop breaking down the NCAA tournament for a minute. When was the last time oh, you changed oh, the tire? Hold on, hold on real quick. Yeah. I need you to filibuster. I think that's the car the guy. <laughs> we think we have the we think we have the um I should have had somebody just pick you up and drive you to the Fox Sports Radio studios, but I didn't want to leave behind your car. The Tesla can probably just drive itself, right? Elon Musk himself might come and pick you up, given that you're not very far from the Tesla factory there, uh where they design everything in LA. Elon might he's probably listening to us right now. He might just drive by, pick up Doug Gottlieb, drive him in, and then have the Tesla just remotely drive itself all the way to uh, to come meet you. That's where we are in the future. It's not going to be very long. Uh, all right, I'm going to let Doug go uh, and uh, and take care of his car. He's up next on the Dan Patrick Show. Many of you will be hearing them on many of these stations. Thanks to everybody. You can continue to honk at him on the side of the 405 if you're driving into work. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 